I am not much of a liturgical guy. I don't follow the lectionary very good. But um, for this Lent season, I do plan to follow the lectionary. And uh, this is where the lectionary is leading us to today, um, to these Bible verses, Bible verses here from 1 Peter and also to, here in Matthew, talking about Jesus' uh, temptation before he started his ministry. And so uh, after, after the Lent season, what, what I'm planning to do is I'm planning to... Um, speak more about Methodism for us. I've been speaking about Methodism to the Hmongs, uh, helping them understand the structure of Methodism, what it means to be a Methodist and things of that sort. But after, but you know, I felt that they needed it. And, and you know, I think that's something that might be good for us too here, here uh, for our congregation here, the Anglo congregation. So after the Lent season, I do plan to go more into some of the Methodist stuff that uh, uh, for us to understand what it means to be Methodist, the structure and things of that sort, how we work together, how we operate. And so I, I want to share that with us. Uh, for the Hmongs, they, they have a uh, training on the Book of Discipline in April at Sacramento Unity Church. And so uh, because I'm, part, I'm the chair of the caucus, I know what's going on in the Hmong ministry. In our circuit, uh, I'll be going to a meeting this coming Tuesday. We have this, or the chair for the circuit is Pastor Stan Atkinson, I believe, or Reverend Stan Atkinson of Chico, I believe. And so I'll be going to the circuit meeting this coming Tuesday. It's in Los Molinos, I believe it is. And so I'll find the address later, on, later today or tomorrow. And Tuesday I'll be going there trying to find out what we actually do here in the circuit. And I've been to it many times before. But um, one of the things with our circuit and with the conference is that they often get their information out late. <laughs> and so a lot of their information often comes out very last minute. And so sometimes it's hard for me to really communicate that to the church. But being that with the Hmong, within the Hmong, I'm the chair of the Hmong caucus, so I get the information ahead of time so I can communicate that with them ahead of time. But in the conference and in the circuit, um, you know, they often get it out late. So you know, then they'll give it out to me like the last, last minute and things like that. So sometimes it's hard for me to really um, just communicate what the circuit and what the, what the conference is doing for us. But I, my intention is that um, I intend to uh, be able to communicate that to all of us. But I just want us to understand that there's some challenges there too because a lot of times the emails comes out very late. So just let us know. Um, and so today what, we're, what we'll be talking about is suffering for Christ. Suffering for Christ. And what I, what I want to start us out with is here in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 through verse 18. And Janet already read this, but I want to read it again for us. And this is what it says. This is, the Apostle Peter is writing this. He's saying, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. I think one of the things, one of the greatest lessons that I learned in my own life, when I was younger, I was, you, when, when I was younger, I had this idea that life is supposed to be all about my own happiness. That life is supposed to be, you know, it's all positives, right? 
And so because I had the idea of that, oftentimes when life wasn't like that, I often struggled with life. I think one of the greatest lessons that I learned was from one of my earlier pastor uh, mentors, and he came up to me and he says, Chang, you're very talented, but you suck at life. (laughs) You suck at life. And you need to understand that life is not always going to be positive. You have to understand that life is filled with suffering. It is filled with suffering. It is filled with many, many low points. It is filled with many, many negative things. And you have to understand that you need to have the courage to be able to deal with those things. And, and you know, when, when I heard him say, say that to me, I was, I was like, man, this, this is not a good pastor, right? This, this guy's not a good guy. But as, I, but as I got older and older and I started thinking about his words, and I started to realize that, you know what, in life, in life there is always going to be suffering. There's always going to be suffering. No matter where we are at in life, there's always going to be suffering. When you don't make a lot of money, there's you know, suffering. When you make a lot of money, then you have to pay a lot of taxes, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I just did my taxes, <laughs> right? When, when you make more money, then you have to pay more taxes. And so, the, you know, every, every, every part of life, there's always suffering. There's always something there to bring you down. And so the question is, how are you going to respond to that? How are you going to respond to those negative points in your own life? Are you going to respond by doing evil? Are you going, or are you going to respond by remaining good, remaining in the right behavior, doing the right things, even as you're going through those times? I mean, I can choose not to pay my taxes and run off somewhere, right? <laughs> that's not going to be a good idea, though. You know, that's not going to be a good idea. We have to pay our taxes, even though, you know, it's a lot. We still need to pay our taxes. And so the same thing applies in life. The same thing applies in life, that when you're going through these tough times and when you're doing good, what are, how are you going to respond through the sufferings? And here in the first verse it says, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? You see, Peter, the apostle Peter, the leader of the apostles, he was writing this letter here to a group of people that they were living at a time in which Christianity was illegal. And so they were being persecuted for their faith. And yet he is saying, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? He is assuming already that, that, that by doing good, by doing good, a lot of times there's going to be persecution. That by doing good, a lot of times you're going to suffer for it. We always hear the, the phrase, the, pitch, the, you know, the phrase that says, um, nice guys finish last, right? There's even a song out about that, nice guys finish last. And so a lot of times we don't want to be nice, we don't want to be good. We don't want to be nice, we don't want to be good. We, we want to turn and, and do things that's, that's not fitting for a Christian to do. And we believe that, you know, since this world is so, so, so mean to me, or so, you know, since people are acting negatively towards me, then I should act the same way. That I should give, give up my Christian principles, that I should give up my Christian um, behaviors and just go ahead and act the way that the world acts. But yet, the Word of God teaches us here that no, that's not the way we are to do. 
Even as we're going through suffering, even as we're going through bad times, even as we're being persecuted, that we must continue to do good. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. You see, the Apostle Paul goes on and he says that you are blessed for doing good. Even when you're going through these bad times, if you continue to do good, then that shows that you are truly blessed. You are truly united in Christ. It's a testimony to who you are in Christ. It's when you are suffering and you continue, continue to do what is right. Instead of giving up and, and removing yourself from Christ, instead of giving up and doing all these negative things, the things that, that, um, it's not of, that Christians shouldn't do, instead of doing the, those types of things, if you remain in Christ, if you remain in doing what is good, then it shows, it shows that you are blessed. And it goes on and says, do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. You see, a lot of times the reason why we're drawn to bad behavior during times of suffering is because we fear the things that the people of this world may fear. We fear that we may lose. We fear that people may take advantage of us. We fear all these things. And so it draws us away from God and we start responding in a negative way as we go through these sufferings, as we go through these tough times. But the word of God is saying, don't fear. Do not fear that. Do not fear what these people fear. Do not fear what other people fear. Don't, don't think about that. Don't think about that. But continue. Continue in the good that you have. Continue in the good that you have. And it goes on in your hearts, you see, and your hearts set apart for Christ. So instead of fearing the things of this world, instead of fearing the things that the people of this world may fear, you need a special place in your heart for Christ. Keep Christ there. Keep Christ there. Always, all the time. All the time. Just because you're going through a tough time, it doesn't give you an excuse to behave in a negative way. Just because you're suffering, just because people are talking about you, just because people are persecuting you, it doesn't give you the permission. It doesn't give you the permission to react, react in a negative way towards others. Just because someone may be slandering you doesn't give you the permission to slander somebody else. Just because someone is persecuting you doesn't give you the permission to persecute someone else. Just because someone's looking down on you doesn't give you the permission to look down on someone else. And so we must not fear these things, but what we must do is we must find a special place in our own hearts for Christ to reign. And even when these things are happening to us, no matter what it is, no matter what it is, that we will remain doing good. We will remain in Christ, that Christ will remain in our hearts, that he will continue to reign in our hearts. And we must always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. You see, when we're, we are doing good, we can explain the reason why we're doing that. But if we give up on Christ, man, if we give up on Christ and we give up on these things and we started behaving like how other people behave towards us, guess what? Our answers make, will no longer make any sense. The answers that we give will no, longer be, will no longer make any sense. But yet if we keep our focus on Christ, even though we're going through tough times, if we keep our focus on Christ, we fix our eyes upon Jesus Christ, we have Christ inside our hearts, 
then that will be able to give us, provide for us an answer to everyone. And we're to share these answers with people and to share it with gentleness and respect. To share with, with gentleness and respect. We're not to be rude. We're not to be, we're not to be um, mean to people. We're not to look down on people. Even many times if they don't understand our position, they don't understand where we are at, we're not to be rude to them. But what, we're, what we are to do is to continue to be gentle and to continue, continue to respect them, even if other people don't respect us. It doesn't give us the right not to respect them in return. And so it goes on and it goes on keeping clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I got a story that I want to tell us. When I was doing the youth ministry, um, there's a, on a New Year's, New Year's Eve, a bunch of youth, they went out, and they went to drink and to party. A lot of underage kids. I didn't know about it. The church didn't know about it. But they went out, and they started partying, and then they told their parents that they're going to a youth event at church. <laughs> so you know how that turned out, right? The next day, the parents called me, Chang, it's your fault. I was like, wow, what, what's going on? I don't know what the heck you guys are talking about. You took our kids to go drink. I was like, no, I was at church. And they're saying, but our kids told us that they came to church and they came home drunk. <laughs> so, Chang, it was your fault. And so this, this issue got all the way to the governing board of our church because they wanted to blame me for it, right? Got all the way up to the governing board of the church. And there's a lot of slandering going on. You know, Chang is someone that teaches our kids to drink and alcohol and things like that. But you know what? That didn't hurt me because so many people knew that I don't drink. And one of, one of the elders came up and they said, why, why are you guys saying this about Chang? He, doesn't, he can't even tell the difference between Bud Light and Bud Weiser, <laughs> right? And so that's, that's, part of, that's part of what we understand about doing good. If you continue to do good, even if people were to accuse you of some stuff, even if they were to slander you, those things won't stick. Those things won't stick. But if you, if you get angry and you start you know, responding in a negative fashion and, and you start fighting with people and disrespecting people and things like that, then the things that they say about you, even though it's, it may not true, it may not be true, those things start to stick with you. Those things start to stick with you. And so that's why, that's why the Bible is teaching us that, you know, no matter what you're going through, don't change your behavior in Christ. Don't change who you are in Christ. Don't change that. Continue, continue to do good so that even when you're slandered, even when you're slandered, those things won't stick to you. Those things won't stick to you. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. You see, after, after Peter is teaching the Christians here to do all these things, to always do good, even in the face of persecution, even in the face of suffering, he goes on and he points them to Jesus Christ, and he's saying to them that, look, Look, you might not believe exactly what I'm saying here, but I want you to look to Jesus Christ because he is the perfect example that this is the way we are to live.
Jesus Christ is the perfect example. And he, he goes, Peter goes, and he shows us the ultimate injustice. The ultimate injustice is here is the righteous Jesus Christ. The righteous. He has no sin. He's done nothing wrong. And yet he, is, he died for the, the, the unrighteous. You see? The ultimate injustice is here in Jesus Christ, who has absolutely done nothing wrong, and yet he suffered for the unrighteous. And Peter is saying, you might not believe what I'm saying to you here. You might not believe the things that I'm trying to convince you of here, that you need to remain doing good. You might not believe these things at all. But let me just point you to Christ. Let me just point you to Jesus and just look upon Jesus and look upon what he has done. Look upon the way that he has lived. That even though he went through all this suffering and he faced and he was, he was persecuted and he was killed. And he experienced the ultimate injustice. And yet he continued to do good. And what happened? Christ was lifted up by God. He was lifted up by the Spirit. So Peter is saying, look at Christ. That's what Jesus Christ did. So should you. So should you. So should we as a church that we must remain in Christ and do exactly what Jesus Christ is. So that's the message I want us to understand today that no matter what we are going through, no matter if we're facing you know, any kind of suffering, no matter if we're facing any kind of persecution, we may be facing other people looking down on us, you know, we may be facing slanders and things of that sort. But continue, continue to be in Christ. Continue to do good. Never let that go. And if you don't believe that that's how we're supposed to live, you don't believe that that works, look to Jesus Christ. Because he is the ultimate example for all of us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Father. We thank you so much for one another. We thank you so much for your son. Many times we live our life, a lot of times we often give, and give up on Jesus Christ. But today we ask that you give us strength to remain in him, no matter what we are going through. No matter what we are going through. We remember Jesus Christ in his own temptations. And his own temptations when he could have given up and turned to Satan and worship Satan. But even as he was going through hunger, in the wilderness, even though he was struggling and suffering through in that wilderness, Father, he never gave up. He continued, he continued to do what is right. He continued to remain in you as his Father. So, Father, we look to Jesus as our example, and we pray that you would give us the strength to do the same thing for your own glory, Father. And so we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.